Super Talk Mississippi media production. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Feels like uh, Monday, but I guess it's Tuesday. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Any day of the week, Monday or Tuesday, is a good time to enjoy their delicious food. They're open seven days a week, and we hope the next time you have a taste for barbecue, it'll be Dickie's. We'll be talking uh, to uh, Heath Hinton a little later from Big Gold Nation, Kelly Santer as well. But first, we want to get right to business today because we have the Conference USA Assistant Coach of the Year, the Southern Miss Pitching Coach Christian Ostrander on the show. Uh, Coach Oz, uh, first of all, congratulations on that uh, well-deserved award. Well, I appreciate that, man. Very, very humble to, to get that, and uh, all credit goes to goes to this staff and these arms here, man. Uh, they've they've put together a good year, good run, and uh, we still got more to go for. Coach, assuming that uh, Hunter Stanley pitches in the opening game, where we were reading yesterday that uh, Florida State likely to pitch their ACC Pitcher of the Year against us, uh, it looks like uh, Friday afternoon could be one of those classic pitching duels. Well, I'm anticipating that. I mean, obviously they got a good one, and, uh, and so do we. I mean, I'm sure they got multiple, and I feel like we got multiple good ones, so yeah, it's going to be you know a pretty pretty good a heavyweight fight I think you know on that mound for sure and uh, it's going to make it hopefully uh, tough on on their offense and uh, they might make it tough on ours but uh, you know it's going to be a kind of a classic game where you just got to go out there and play play good baseball and do things to you know little things maybe to manufacture some runs here and there. I uh, I can't get very far into the interview without asking you about obviously we, we talk a lot about Hunter and Walker and, and what great pitchers they are. I don't think I've ever seen a more exciting performance than what I saw the other night out of Ryan Ock. It was it was electric. It lit everybody in my house up, Coach, and I think it probably did to anybody that was watching uh, that kid pitch the other night in the Conference USA tournament. Yeah, I mean, you know, we needed that. Uh, obviously, he was uh, a guy that has the stuff uh, to, to go in and shut down a good offense, which, you know, Tech has. And, um, you know, and he just did it, man. It was, it was, it was, uh, we were riding it. And, uh, we got a, got in some uncharted waters with him in regards to pitch count. Uh, most he's ever thrown here by far. It was like a start for him, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, but he handled it and he just kept going and kept going. And, uh, but I knew in that ninth inning, I could see it. You know, I knew, all right, man, <laughs> asked enough out of, you know, he's done his job and I want him to be able to walk off that mound. You know, in a positive taste, and he did. And then, you know, Hershen came in and got the next two outs, and you know, we celebrated for sure. I want to ask you this real quickly, and then we'll get Luke involved in the conversation. You've had such great performances out of uh, out of your starting pitchers all year, and they've gone so deep in so many games. And then over the week, uh, watching the tournament, when you when you really started getting deep into your bullpen, it was just one freshman after another, after another, after another. I mean, it was, just seems like there was there was nobody but freshmen. 
Mm-hmm. My question is, do you think that uh, the youth of the bullpen and the fact that your starters have gone so deep into so many games, which is obviously cut down on their mound time, might have something to do with what sometimes seems to be some inconsistency? Oh, I do. I think it's a you know it's a it's a great problem to have, but it can it can also it's there's going to be some you know some trade off I guess when your starters go that deep and 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 who doesn't want that? I mean that's what we want. But and it's, it, when they go that deep and especially in this this year where the schedule is different, we didn't have midweek games. Uh, you know enough of them. There was it was hard to find rhythm. It's hard to keep guys in. There. It's hard to get them in there. And and I think it does come back. I mean some situations they might not have been in before because they haven't been out there as much so but what do you trade you know do you, do you trade oh, i would rather have starters that weren't as good they got me as deep <laughs> or whatnot so it's it does make it a little different especially some of those young arms and stuff and um, the way i look at it is this i think they've done a tremendous job uh sure we would love some more consistency in certain areas uh here and there and um but they gotta it's gonna make them better you know at some point it's gonna you know it's 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 uh, educating them. It's uh, getting them experience, and I think they will be better for it. Uh, if not, any, again, this year, next year, whatever. Luke, Coach, we we talked to Coach Barry about this yesterday, and, and just to to allow you to comment on it, just kind of walk us through the decision for Dickerson to come in, and uh, we we knew that just wasn't out of the blue. You guys have been looking to to put him in there. And Coach Barry reminded us yesterday how he was a pitching prospect coming out of high school. Just kind of take us back um, to that last decision on Saturday night, please. Uh, well, like I said, I'd say after that FAU series and stuff, we started, uh, he started, you know, we're getting bullpens. He's through two or three or whatever. And, uh, you know, got it, you know, felt great. Uh, Dickie's got feel, um, you know, he's, he's got tremendous feel and, uh, he's the type that could go out there and have him pitched, you know, in a year and get out there and be fine. But, but he got the reps and stuff felt good. Arms great, strong. So, you know, we kind of told us, Hey, we get to a point in the tournament that, uh, you know, moving forward that, uh, uh, we've exhausted some of our back end options. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go to you. And he said, "Let's roll." I'm, you know, that's what he wanted, and so forth. So, no, it was. It wasn't just uh, by the seat of your pants. Just say, "Hey, let's try this." You know, you know, it wasn't one of those by any means. And uh, and honestly, and I told and I tell you guys this too. If I had the same decision to make tomorrow, I'd do it over again the exact same way. Well, he got us. He got us three or four outs that inning, coach. So obviously, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't on on Dickerson. Had some some couple mishaps. Let's move forward to the regional. This is an exciting regional. Uh, legitimately, all all four teams are are in it. There, there's no slouch team in this regional. No, never a slouch team. It seems like, but of course, uh, there's pitching dudes on all these rosters. We didn't get to ask Coach Barry this yesterday because of the way the schedule wasn't released in time. But you guys are playing the the two p.m. game. You like playing earlier in the day rather than starting at, an, at night? Uh, well, after, you know, the, the late nights we had last week, yeah, maybe so. And, uh, you know, but no, I, I don't think it matters. It's, it's it, you know, whatever. It, let's roll and uh, we'll be ready to go. And uh, I guess if, if there is a, you know, a positive in playing the day game, it, it's, you know, avoiding those later nights like we had to endure a little bit last week. Yeah. No, I want to start another one at 12.15 in the morning, Coach. I, that was just great. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I tell you what, there's. I can tell you this: adrenaline's real, and uh, because that's about yeah. the only thing that got me through it. And uh, yeah, you know, you just Way your body. Yeah, it was something. I'll be honest, Coach. Uh, and I, I, I caught all the scoring in the Western Kentucky game, saw the perfect game get broken up, and then magically awoke when Sargent was rounding second base after he walked it off. So uh, you, <laughs> we, we were struggling a little bit. How, last question for me. How do you, after you know the, the, the bullpen and the performance on Saturday, giving up a sixth spot and then had Tech walking it off twice, How? what's your message to your guys this week to instill confidence in them going into the regional? Well, you got to flush it. This is a game built around failure. Um, whether you're a hitter or pitcher, I mean, you're going to fail. They're going to get a hit. You're going to walk a guy. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. And obviously, I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. I felt like the four games there, you know, we had really one one inning, maybe two innings that really got away from us, you know, and both of those really occurred in that game one on Saturday. Um, that that second game that night, shoot, I would, like I said, I thought the dudes did great. Um, you know, we make a play or two. We're not even, you know, we don't even discuss it and uh, and stuff. So, you know, overall, like I tell them, I said, you know, go out there and you play four ball games. Sure, there's a couple innings there, the six-run inning, and then maybe one of those two-run innings uh, latter part of that game where we walk the bases loaded. Uh, you take those out, you feel really good about what they've done. And uh, But that's just how it is, man. It's just, you know, it, it, you got to move on. you gotta you got to face up. We kind of have a saying down here when – you know, for better terms, when you stink, you stink, you know, and uh, and roll with it. And uh, when you're good, you're good. And, and uh, you just got to move on to the next one and, uh, you know, and so forth. So I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm definitely ready to go out there and compete. Coach, I read a lot of stuff, unfortunately, on social media from people who clearly don't know what they're talking about. And, and one of the things that I don't think they knew they were talking about is you went, you went into this tournament without one of your key relievers uh, due to an illness. Uh, Chandler Best wasn't with you over the weekend, but you've indicated to me you think he'll be back uh, this week so that your pitching staff will actually be full strength when you go into Oxford, correct? Yeah, I feel that way. I feel, you know, having that other bullpen lefty in there is huge. And, uh, you know, whether it was at Florida Atlantic or this past tournament, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we missed that a little bit. And uh, But the most important thing, you know, Chandler's feeling good and uh, he's ready to, to be able to join us again and, and, and and we're excited about that more than anything, you know. And obviously, he can help us out there on the field too. So, but uh, but definitely, no, we're you know that's not something we're going to go out there and tell. Well, hey, you know, whatever, man. This we this is our you know our circle, and uh, you know we we hated he wasn't with us, but you move on you, and you worry about the ones you have. I guess the, the, just a few seconds left, but the last question that <clears throat> I guess hasn't been asked is: It possible we'll see Dickerson again on the mound? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> You know, and uh, not not just this tournament, but next year and beyond. Uh, you know, if we had a little more infield depth this year, you'd have seen him a lot more. But uh, we just didn't know if we could afford taking him off shortstop. But uh, you know, we're feeling like the way things are looking for the you know the future that uh, you'll be seeing definitely on that mound of good depth. There we go. All right, coach, we appreciate that, and uh, congratulations on assistant coach of the year. And uh, let's go. Uh, <laughs> How sweet would that be? Let's go to Oxford and, and win their tournament. How about that, Coach? Why not? Why not? we got an opportunity. Let's go get after it. So I appreciate you guys. Shut them right. down and shut them up, Coach. Get after them. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Coach Christian Ostrander, everybody. We're going to comment on that last one, but uh, uh, we probably know how he feels. We'll be back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Coach Christian Ostrander for joining us in the first segment of the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. They're on Hardy Street, right across from the USM campus. You can also shop them online at campusbookmart.net, like we just said. And uh, you'll find the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel on the planet. Heath Hinton is the proprietor of Big Gold Nation, the go-to website for Southern Miss sports. And, uh, Heath, we we talk every week. We, I heard you just say something off air I thought was, I thought was right on point. All the hubbub and the uh, uproar among the fan base about the decision late uh, Saturday night to bring in Dustin Dickerson to pitch. Uh, those that know him uh, know that he is a pitcher. He was a really good pitcher in high school, and I think you're right. Had he pitched some during the course of the year, nobody would have probably raised an eyebrow. Uh, but it, I think it was because he hadn't been on the mound, and that just took people by surprise. You agree? You agree with that? I think. I, I do. And look, I saw Dustin pitch in a state championship game in Jackson. And almost complete, pitched complete game, just the beauty that won West Jones State Championship. His senior year, so I knew when they gave him the ball, I'm like, well, he's pitched before. This isn't a guy. This isn't a situation in the majors where you throw a guy on the mound when you're down 10 runs. This is a guy who, who can get it done. And look, in all honesty, he did get he got it, done. it done on the mound. He, he got, got it, it done, done on the mound. Right. It's just there was some pop-ups that weren't called. Um, if those 100%. pop-ups were caught, we wouldn't be talking about this right 100% now. So, wrong. um, yeah, it was, uh, I just think a lot of people hadn't seen him pitch or maybe didn't know that in high school, he was all, he, he was a really good pitcher that can hum it up there in the low to mid nineties and he still can. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think that's what it was, but move on. Got regionals now. Right. Luke. He's, um, I asked uh, Coach O, we had Oz on the previous segment, and I talked to him about, you know, how do you encourage and, and get the bullpen's mind back right? And I, I, I mentioned this yesterday. Do you think that the Alabama game, when we did Johnny Holstaff, uh, and we we held up an SEC team and, and pretty much check a regional team now, they, they, they struggled down the stretch. But, you know, it was after that game that we, we started, you know, really talking about the bullpen. And although the the velo is there, it just seems as if in both of those games Saturday, kind of the 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 moment overwhelmed some of our youth. And so, in some ways, you would rather it happen uh, in a situation like that, even though it costs us the regional, uh, rather than you know in a regional. And so, so, what is your your take on you know what they're doing this weekend to to get right so that when they're put back in that situation, possibly in Oxford, uh, the, the outcome's different. I think the uh, double headers that the uh conference played may have played into this a little bit, and this is why I say it. Um, seven inning games, you get a starter that can go the distance, and Southern Miss has had that quite often. You don't get a lot of chances to use the relievers. I just haven't had much chance to use them this year, so when they come into a game in a pressure situation, maybe take some overnight off. Had experienced it in the past, and man, what a job he did coming out of the bullpen, just throwing BBs. I mean, that 3-2 that three-two curveball was one of the best pitches I've ever seen thrown at any level. That was one of the best pitches to strike. Uh, maybe their shortstop out, or maybe their uh, center fielder. I can't remember. But the bases loaded, two out, three-two count, and he throws a curveball after about eleven pitch bat. It was absolutely gorgeous. He's had experience, but the other guys hadn't. I think the regional maybe gives him experience 
and now they know what they kind of can experience going up to Oxford going forward. But I still think the depth's there. I think the arms there. I just think it was one of those situations to where, well, the deck was stacked against Southern Miss. We don't need to go into things that talk about the way the conference, was, the tournament was done and some and some things that were done there to maybe uh, probably shouldn't have been done. But uh, it, it, I think they'll be fine going forward. I think this is a pretty tough team and a resilient team, and you saw it in the way they played those games. It's just too bad that a team out of the losing bracket gets to uh, be the home team. Yeah. Your thoughts really. about uh, Southern Miss going to, to Oxford? Um, we're, we're not going to talk about the Cupcake Special in Stark Vegas, but talk about Oxford. Uh, it, I think Oxford in some ways will be more winnable um, than, than Starkville, but kind of where the other Conference USA teams landed also. Kind of give us your take on all that. Man, I think, look, Charlotte's in a, Charlotte's in a tough regional. Um, ODU got a brutal regional. Southern Miss is in a, a – it's a tough region with two numbers. I personally think there are two number two seeds in the Oxford region. I think Florida State's a two. I think Southern Miss is a two. Um, and, look, La Tech, it, it's not going to be no cakewalk for them. Congratulations, you won the conference championship. Here's your tough regional to host. Um, are you finished second in the conference championship? Here's your tough regional to host. Um, it's – it's going to be tough. They didn't do any favors to Conference USA this year. That's for sure. <laughs> you weren't um, expecting they that, were you? <laughs> they never do. In fact, I, I thought, you know, if Southern Miss was the host, you're probably going to have Alabama as a three or a two, Ole Miss as a – I mean, LSU as a three maybe or, or some kind of craziness, and South Alabama would have been the four. So even if they had hosted, it would have been a hard, you know, road to host, so to speak. Yeah. So um, – Look, you know you're going to a tough regional. They're all tough now. These are good teams. So the Miss just has to go in and uh, use their starting pitching and get a great game out of Stanley in that first game. Well, Luke broke the broke the news yesterday, Heath, that Little Debbie is actually going to sponsor the tournament up in Starkville because of the Cupcake Field. Uh, you you got to admit now, I know what you're saying is true, that most regionals, they're always good teams, but I'm looking hard to find that good team up in Starkle, Heath, other, uh, other than Mississippi State. They got a they got a pretty good regional. I mean, I heard that uh, the gift to the team was Pettifors. So, I mean, it's pretty um, – it's, it's a pretty – it's not a hard regional. State should come out of that. Of course, they should There's come no out of that. There's no question about that. Now, let me, let me ask you one thing about the Southern Miss staff that I, I guess I knew it all year, but it just kind of jumped out at me watching all these games in the wee hours of the morning last week. Is that once you got past, uh, once you got past the starters, and, and in, in one case, the starter was a freshman, but once you got past Ock and you got into the bullpen, was there anybody, was there a, an older player than a freshman coming out of the bullpen? Uh, you look at it, I'm trying to think. There was a couple there that maybe are, are JUCO transfers, that may be sophomores. But the uh, vast I mean, majority are freshmen, freshmen, am I right? Freshmen and sophomores. Right. Freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, you got yeah. Gillantine and Ramsey are, are really mm-hmm. the only ones right. besides right. Ox a sophomore. Ox a sophomore, but he's been here a while. Uh, but that team, that, that bullpen is nothing but sophomores and freshmen, really. Right, right. Which, which obviously bodes well for the future. This team is loaded for the future when you look at pitching and 
You got Boyd Edwards coming back. Uh, Shepard gets his arm back healthy. Who knows what could happen with there? You've got pitching. You've got some things that can happen. So yeah. uh, we'll see going forward. But I think there's a lot of talent that Coach Oz has bought in to uh, pitching. It just I think the moment at sometimes. But you look at the, the second game they played. They came in. They pitched well. Uh, so I think it's just a. It was a moment. It was a situation. It was what they had to play against. I think it. You know, you saw young players making young player mistakes. Well, in my view, this is just Bob Getty speaking. The league is absolutely blown it again uh, this year. They blew it with the way they set up the tournament. You're right. When do you see a team come out of the losers bracket and they're the home team the rest of the tournament? So, yeah, so we'll we'll just let that go. But. They well, were never visitors yeah. one game. No, not I know. One, six not one for six, game. they were home. Right. And, and, and no, then it, you have 11 games. 11 games between what are arguably your two best teams in your league. That stuff has got to – the, the conference has got to get its head out of the sand, Heath, next year and, and get back to a normal baseball season. Well, I mean, even next year, uh, La Tech Southern Miss could play six times. And if they play in a tournament – seven, maybe eight times again. So because they're travel partners, they're going to play a lot. That's kind of what happened this year while they ended up playing eight, you know, nine, 11 10, times. 11 times. Right. Because they four-weekend schedule that's set up now, four-weekend schedule might actually help Southern Miss when it comes to pitching in the regional. We'll see. That might not be the worst thing if you look at it from a certain point of view. So um, we'll see. But, yeah, they – the teams play each other, but one thing it does do, it helps the RPI. It does help well, the RPI when you play teams like that. And uh, I'll, I'll, the top four in the conference have pretty good RPIs this year. Well, you're not in favor of this in the future, are you? No, I'm not in favor of it. I'm just saying this year yeah. it did help with the RPI. Not every year. It's we got some of that echo chamber. Every other year. Right. All yeah. right, real quick, so, 10 seconds left. Uh, your, your prediction for the Eagles uh, in the Oxford Regional. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be tough, but uh, Southern Miss can get to see that first game and uh, see what Ole Miss pitches that first game. Anything can happen. It's going to be a fun regional, but that first game of Florida State is going to uh, set the tone. All right, Heath. Thank you, buddy. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Great way to keep up with Southern Miss Athletics on the internet. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Third segment on this Tuesday brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. They had homemade hamburger steak, squash, cornbread dressing, and Texas toast with a drink today for only $8.95. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. You can watch the Oxford Regional with the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. 
2 o'clock on Friday against the Florida State Seminoles. You can watch it all at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Happy to have you on the show today, Heath Hinton, Christian Ostrander, pitching coach for the Southern Miss baseball team. Joining us earlier, Kelly Sander, about to join us here in just a moment. Let's look at the uh, the schedule for the Oxford Regional, Southern Miss. The two seed, uh, of course, Ole Miss, the number one seed, Florida State, number three, and Southeast Missouri, number four. Here is the schedule, as I just mentioned, game one. Eagles playing early which kind of bodes well uh, for uh, either a win or a loss in Game 1. They will play at 2 p.m. on Friday. I shall be there, and uh, Bob, if our plan goes according, I will give you a uh, on-site interview. I figured Jack would be a little busy probably an hour before the game, yeah, might, so uh, yeah. I'll do that for you. Florida State Southern Miss at 2 p.m., and then the nightcap Southeast Missouri against Ole Miss at 7 p.m. Be interesting to see who Mike Bianco throws, whether he throws Doug Nikhazy or holds Nikhazy to game two. All, indi- all indicators say that Southern Miss will be throwing Hunter Stanley. Uh, on Saturday, both losers play at 11 a.m., so you can see that the 2 p.m. game on Friday allows you, even if you lose, you, you got time to recoup rather than playing late and then having to get up early. If Southern Miss were to win, they would then play on Saturday at 5 p.m., so about a 24-hour break. And then, uh, man, if you if you win, if you go 2-0, and you're sitting high cotton and you won't play until 5 p.m. or on uh, – I'm sorry, you'll play at 1 p.m. and and then, uh, if, if necessary, 5 p.m. So, anyway, should be, uh, should be a good regional. Kelly Sander joins us now. Kelly, kind of your take yesterday as it was released and the Golden Eagles head in Oxford since we didn't talk to you yesterday. What you think? Yeah, I'll be glad to, Luke, and, and thank you for asking. Can I, can I back up just a little bit to the conference tournament? Um, the, where Coach Barry had to put in uh, Dustin Dickerson's pitch, because I know there's been a lot of people, I think you call them keyboard warriors or whatever, who have been very critical uh, of that move. I want to defend, uh, not not necessarily that he needs it, but I just want to explain, you know, if, if you've never coached a baseball team in a tournament situation where you have to, you know, judiciously, you know, make pitching decisions as to who's going to pitch and who's going to not, lots of times, when you get into tournament play, your pitching staff is really taxed, and and sometimes you you know because it's a tournament situation, sometimes you have to call on somebody to pitch that maybe hasn't pitched during the regular season, but is certainly capable. And it's not like Dickerson had never pitched his whole life. You know, he was a very capable pitcher in high school, and and to be sure, all these guys will throw a bullpen every once in a while, you know, to be to be ready if if called upon. So. Anybody that's been critical of Coach Barry obviously has never coached a baseball team in a tournament situation where you have an extremely stretched-out pitching staff and have to sometimes make those decisions. So until you've been in those shoes, you know you might might want to be a little bit more indiscriminate as to as to you know making comments about that. Uh, I understand the frustration, but that's the way tournament ball is. Okay, now the the regional. Um, I think that uh, you know a lot of people thought that, that Florida State should have been a two seed elsewhere. I think that, that yep. uh, Southern Miss got a, a tough regional, and then if they are able to win this regional, then the super regional they'll be paired up with the winner of the Arizona regional, which is also kind of a tough one. And I know there's some people that, that will say, well, you know, the Eagles got the shaft or whatever. But look, to, to win a, a national championship, you're going to have to beat a lot of these teams anyway. Right, and I don't think that uh, I think all in all, Southern Miss is playing pretty well 
right now. So um, Florida State is for sure a, a very tough first draw. And as far as Ole Miss goes, all these teams that make these regional tournaments are good teams. So if you start trying to second-guess yourself on pitching you know, starts and so on, maybe we're going to quote-unquote save this guy for the second round. I don't think that no. would be very prudent. No. And, yeah. and I don't know if you know this, Kelly, this just broke a few minutes ago. In Starkville, they will be serving zebra cakes and honey buns between each game, uh, as that field, of course, has been sponsored now officially by Little Debbie Cakes. So, so you're saying that's kind of a soft one up there in, in, uh, in, in Starkville? Kelly, it's pudding soft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is the Pope ice, Catholic, Kelly? Ice cream is, too. But, yes. but you know... A lot of the people that are on this selection committee have skin in the game, which I think is inherently yes, I wrong. I think we know. I think John we know. Cohen, one, I think we know one in particular. John John Cohen. Yeah. What? Yeah, what? Yeah. John Cohen. Well, at least you get the free zebra cakes. They're pretty good if you've ever tried them, Senator. But I mean, if, you know, come on. I mean, anybody that has any sense of fair play would would acknowledge that that's not right. That somebody that has some skin in the game should at least you know acquiesce to somebody that in doesn't. The, the the thing about it is, and and uh, we're gonna have a guest on later in the week to, to help explain this. The RP it was like they went too much on the like strict RPI. Massey Kelly, and that's your your favorite. They kind of have their ratings adjusted for for talent, and it's pretty intriguing when you look at the difference between the Masseys and the straight RPI. Because I don't even think Virginia Commonwealth won like one or two series all year long, and they're the two seed in Starkville. So, you know, and how does how does Alabama get in? They really don't win a, a series. Georgia takes a series from Vanderbilt, and yet they don't get in. And it was, you know, it, it was it's really right. co- confusing about that. Um, Kelly, kind of kind of switch gears because this is taking place today, and you talk about having skin in the game. Southern Miss got a lot of skin in the game for the Mississippi High School Baseball State Championships. I think I believe five of the eight teams, or I'm sorry, five of the the uh, the twelve teams competing have Southern Miss connections. Pascagoula's in as as the five uh, A South champion, put out West Jones. Hayden Roberts, former Southern Miss uh, pitcher, is the pitching coach there. Chandler Pittman, football commits, playing for McGee Ty Keys. With uh, he's batting three eighty four for the Taylorsville Tartars, and then uh, a couple other p- players from the uh, the six A game, uh, Nicholas Monaster from Northwest Rankin and Ross Highfield from Madison Central. They're in that six A series, and then a, a team that you know really well, Sumrall. So uh, a lot of Southern Miss representation in the state championships at Trustmark this week. And and any time that you have players like that playing on a big stage like that, it just brings even more credibility. Uh, to your program, you know you can't get them all right. But I mean the fact that that you are that you do have that many players with Southern Miss ties and headed to the next level certainly bodes well for the program uh, overall. Honestly, I was a little bit surprised that Pascagoula beat West Jones. I, I think if there was any you know upset, and I know the folks in Pascagoula would take exception to that, but I, I think as an outsider looking in, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised that Pascagoula was able to to beat West Jones in five A. And in the 6A, you've got two teams right around the Jackson area, Northwest Rankin, who has uh, a Southern Miss commit, and then uh, Madison Central. Um, you know, Madison Central's ranked, what, number one or two in the nation. So it, it bodes very well for high school baseball overall in the state of Mississippi when most people will talk about how healthy the game of high school football is in sending players to the next level. 
I don't think I don't think baseball takes a backseat to football at all. I think the state of high school baseball in the Magnolia State is as healthy as it's ever been. Bob, um, what what does it mean though? You know, all these Southern Miss connections though, and and I know you talked about it with with Coach Barry some yesterday, and you look at it this year had an opportunity all three teams in the state of Mississippi to uh, to host a regional and I know it just it goes back to what you continually say about Hill Denson, uh, Boo Ferris, Ron Polk Correct. and kind of how college baseball is what it is because of people from Mississippi. Well, I don't think there's any question about that. I think Ron Polk's at the top of that list. I don't think there can be any real realistic argument about that. You know, when you have a season, when you finish the regular season and you had three schools from Mississippi in the top 20, uh, I don't. I don't know that that uh, that it gets much better than that, and I, I think that goes back number one to a love for college baseball that the people of Mississippi have, and then I think particularly. And I lived in North Mississippi for a good while. I think this is particularly true for South Mississippi. Uh, the love of high school baseball, the richness of high school baseball uh, from from Jackson South. I think all of that all of that uh, plays into it, and. Uh, I don't think that uh, college baseball has ever had a higher moment than maybe this year in the state of Mississippi, guys. I think you're probably right about that, Bob. I, I really, you know, I feel sorry for Jackson State in, in the sense that yes. the Tigers, yes. you know, ran the schedule in the SWAC and then happened to lose the championship game and, you know, don't even get a sniff from the tournament. Um, but, you know, Southern Miss has been in that boat before in basketball. Um you wish there was some type of perfect system, but had Jackson State gotten in, that would have been four teams you know, from right. the state of Mississippi. And there would be those that would argue Jackson State would deserve a bit over, you know, teams that are two or three games over 500, you know, that, that got into the field. But that goes back to Luke's point about RPI was, was really stressed. So, right. and, if, and if that's going to continue to be the case, then schedule makers for these schools should take note and toughen up that schedule. Would have liked to see a little more balance. Seems like Florida State is a number two seed. How about pick a tournament? Starkville, Oxford, send Southern Miss there as the number two seed. Send Florida State to the other as the number two seed. But that's not the way it's going to be. All right, when we come back, Kelly just got back from the Indy 500. We're going to get a report about what that was like. You, you do remember the race, right, Santa? You do remember that they had the race up there. Sonny. Only because I read up on it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's report about the Indy 500 deck. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour finishing up on a Tuesday. Fourth segment, as always, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com. They will enable you to run. Do wonders with your running life. It's the home of the Luke Johnson partially torn hamstring 5-240, and they can do wonders with you as well. D-Bat, D1, Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Center from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel Kelly just got back from an adventure up into the great state of 
Indiana and uh, Kelly, how how fast were they running that race? Give us the uh, the the summary of the uh, Indy 500. It was the fastest race in the history of the race, 105 years that they have run that race. Only two caution flags. The weather was ideal, which made the cars in an, in an optimal performance uh, situation. It was bright sunshine and 70 degrees, just perfect for a race. And 46-year-old Elio Castroneves won his fourth, and he joins uh, A.J. Foyt, Al Unser Sr., and Rick Mears as the only other people to win uh, four races. But you had, you know, racers from you know, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Colombia, the United States, Japan. I mean, it's it's a, a sporting event like no other where you're drawing people from all over the world, all being in one place at one time. It was a, it was a terrific race, especially since, you know, it, it looks like 2021, you guys, is turning out to be the sports year for the old guys. It's about right? time. <laughs> I agree, Bob. You have 50-year-old Phil Mickelson winning the PGA. Right, so he he gets an exemption for the next five years, so he could play on the PGA Tour if he wanted to for another five years. Castro Neves at forty six years old, uh, winning the greatest spectacle in racing, and generally speaking, they the people who supposedly know better say that at the age of forty, that's when these these drivers tend to fade fade away because their reflexes aren't you know what they used to be, right. and, and they don't have the. Um, well, I was going to say something else, but shall we say fortitude <laughs> right. to, to be traveling at speeds um, at about 227 miles an hour. That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I think they're a little bit smarter than to continue to do that. But, but Castro Neves, and, and I respect Castro Neves. I'm not necessarily a big fan of his, but I, I very much appreciated what he had to say in post-race interviews. He said, you know, all sports nowadays tends to be pushing out the old guys and wanting these new, young, fresh faces in there. When he said, "Plenty of us still have a lot of get up and go in us," well, and you're forgetting about one old guy too, Kelly, that uh, got off to a pretty good start this year. Trying to think, I don't know, Bob. I give up. <laughs> Let me say it for you, okay, Kelly? Okay. Brady set the pace with the old guy uh, being the this being the year of the old guy, but. See, I, but I regret. He's not even in my vocabulary. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, but but you know, Castro Neves was essentially fired a couple of years ago by uh, Penske Racing, and was hired this year by Meyer Shank Racing, who a couple of years ago was the laughing stock of IndyCar. Meyer Shank Racing, they were a joke. All right, and, and this that's a, test, a testament to the hard work and the determination of we can do this, and you know the little train that could. And here's Meyer Shank Racing. Uh, who hires Castro Neves, who they thought was well past his prime, and all he does is go out and be the quickest field in the history of the race um, to claim you know his fourth ever, and this one at age 46. So with Mickelson, at, at, well, you're the guy that you mentioned who quarterbacks the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. and I think he's about 60. Mm-hmm. And then you got um, you know Mickelson at 50, and here's Castro Neves at 46. You guys, this, this is getting to be the year of the old guy. So well. There, there's us. hope for uh, seventy and eighty year olds like you and Bob. Then, so y'all right. just continue it on. We got forties, fifties, sixties, so the seventies and eighties. Y'all uh, yeah. should be able to take and, care. And of when that. Fitz Magic gets to the Super Bowl at the end of this year, <laughs> it'll be yet another example, Center. That would be a miracle, far more than just Fitzpatrick <laughs> being under center. Right. 
you know, for sure. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, let me tell you another miracle as 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 we're about to close out. So the the Claren Ledger actually on Twitter, Kelly. They actually talked about Southern Miss. This is an actual Twitter headline from the official Twitter account of the Claren Ledger. Southern Miss baseball gets chance in Oxford Regional against big name programs. Actual headline. Yeah. Two, I have two words, people. Patrick McGee. If you want to read about Southern Miss athletics, uh, find Patrick McGee on the Biloxi Sun Herald and forget about what was once a great newspaper. And and those Clemson Ledger reporters. If I could say one thing to them, I would use the famous quote of Kirk Fordyce. <laughs> in six months, if I find you in the general public. <laughs> he did, didn't he? That's exactly what the governor said, wasn't it? <laughs> That's right. I will, you know what, you know. <laughs> Big-name program, right. whatever. Oh, that's just so absurd. <laughs> well, Mississippi State has a great opportunity to play against small-name programs yes, in their regional. Yes, yes. Speaking of Patrick McGee, he'll be on the show tomorrow. We're going to keep the guests going. Luke will be doing a live report from Oxford this Friday. Uh, so lots of reasons to tune into the Eagle Hour the rest of the week. Until tomorrow, everyone, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.